0: Okay, everybody, let me get started here. I've got a little bit of adjustment to do. And then we'll get started. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Talk to the Now podcast. And what we're doing right here is our first live stream. And I couldn't get my camera to work, my nicer... Uh, camera. This is my actual camera that I tried to get to work. I couldn't get to work, so what I'm using is my own, basically, uh, laptop camera. I just want to come on here and do a little live stream it's for the first time. I've never done one, so I thought it might be fun to do. I was going to have Jason come on, but he is apparently working. And I won't give away what his new job is. I'll let him, well, actually, he did say what his new job was. But it requires him to work sometimes at night, and so he's doing that. And so I am here alone to say hello, and just kind of come on and talk about whatnot. Memorial Day was yesterday. I didn't get to come on. I thought about coming on doing another another Memorial Day special, but did not get to do that because I was busy. But there were a few highlights for me, and one of the highlights that I had was a friend of mine on Facebook. He gave a little, I guess you would call it, um, memorial to his father. And yeah, you know, I don't think that he would mind me uh, talking about this because it's his dad. He's very really proud of his dad and who his dad is or was. So I believe he passed away several years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. But my, his, I'll give away his last name, but my friend's name is Derek. And He posted this nice little memorial, I guess you would call it, to his dad. And his dad's name, I don't remember if he said his dad's name on it, but he basically gave this little blurb. And it's a picture of his dad going down the beaches of Normandy. Literal, actual pictures of his dad. And I'm just going to read what he says. He says... His dad at 17, and he's got like a contrasting picture of him at 17, just showing what they both look like at 17. And he says, Dad, I couldn't I couldn't then and can't even imagine now what it was like to hit that beach on Guan, Guadalcanal at 17. What you lived through, what you witnessed, what you endured, what you had to and chose to do and why. Every continuing year, I became more and more grateful and respectful of what you and others like you did and sacrificed. I'm sorry that I took such an incredible toll on your heart. I mean, that's a very personal thing you said. I'm okay with being the secondhand smoke victim of your PTSD. (laughs) It is a um, hell of a lot better than what you endured. Thanks to all, thanks uh, I guess for all of you. My 17 year old photo was carefree in front of our house instead of running straight into a machine gun fire. And he basically says, I remember all of you, I guess he's speaking to the, all the, um, those that serve. Thank you. Happy Memorial day. And it's just this great picture. It's the typical boat that you saw during that time period where, and if I had a share screen, I'd, I'd be glad to share this picture, but I don't have permission from either to share it, but, um, it's the typical picture that you've seen, like I saving Private Ryan or any of those other things where you see the guys running onto the beach straight into the line of fire and just taking on the what was coming up to them. So and I thought that was really good. thought he did a really good job of just sort of getting that out there of what it was like during that time you know showing that hey this is what this man sacrificed so that you and I could be free so that we can have the freedom to do what we do in life i've said it before and i'll say it again freedom is not free freedom does come at a cost there's no there's no free lunch if you will and i know this is probably something everybody knows about i mean i'm not telling some most of you something you haven't heard before But freedom is not free you have to actually get out there and fight for it now that doesn't mean you and i and every other person we know has to actually get out there and fight for it what that means is that it had to be paid for somebody somewhere along the way had to fight for it now there are countries i guess that haven't fought for their freedom so much um And they were able to have their own freedom, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think Canada might be an exception. I think that Canada basically was given their freedom from the UK. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that Canada was basically given their freedom to be their own country. But if you think about that, even Canada and other parts of the English Empire, British Empire, that eventually became free because a lot of the countries like America and some of the others that fought for their own freedom from the British Empire became free. And so I would think that in some ways Britain would look back to say the Canadian Empire or Canada and say, look, we we need to give them their freedom. So that, that's just something a thought that I had about that. Now I've mentioned before on this, I think, that my grandfather His name was Paul, and he fought in the Second World War in the African uh, front. He came up from Africa into Italy and even got into the German, uh, I guess you'd call it field or whatever, or arena, and actually went into one of the Nazi... um, concentration camps which i don't know which one it is i actually have some um copies of photos and the documentation that he put on there of it which is very interesting and he was uh, he had a lot of i don't know if he would call it ptsd but he would not he wouldn't talk about it for the longest longest time i don't know that he ever actually talked about his experience other than on a few separate instances. One being that he did an interview one time that was recorded. I have the audio recording of it. It's out there publicly as well. And he basically talked about his experience and what he did. It was like an interview format. And the guy interviewed him and asked him what he did. This is from maybe the late 90s, early 2000s. And he went into detail about all the different stuff that he did as a soldier during that period and what it meant for him and, and that sort of thing. It wasn't very in tune to, you know, his emotions or what he was thinking, all that sort of, um, you know, I guess you call it experiential things, but it was very good. Um, if anybody wants to email me, I could probably send you an interview, that interview of his experience, or maybe I'll post it in the links, Below or something like that at some point. But it was very good, and my grandfather, Paul, I had very few experiences with him. Very few, because he was a quiet man. He pretty much liked to just sit in his office and or his living room and just watch sports most of the time. Baseball, basketball, football, you name it. He was always the grandpa that you would go in and just see playing, or not playing, but just sitting there watching sports and watching what they were doing. <laughs> And as I grew older, I liked sports and used to talk to him a little bit about it, but it was never something that you would just talk to him about and maybe he would mention the sports but as far as everyday life he was he was definitely the quiet strong type that's that's for sure I definitely got the you always got the quiet strong type vibe from that man <clears throat> and he was i mean he was six foot two ish strong he had a um background from Chicago he was from Chicago he was a German descent Catholic German he went to World War II he's actually a baseball player too played baseball before he went off to World War II and was going to play wanted to play for the Cubs and I believe he went off to war about the time that he was hoping to get in there and he from there came back home married I believe some point, divorced, and he was actually kicked out of the Catholic Church, married again to my mother's mom, um, early 50s, I guess. And from there, lived his life, worked at a—I believe he was a manager at a gas station. He worked at a retail place where they would open up stores at different uh, locations, everywhere from Miami—not Miami, but uh, from Florida to— Louisiana back to Georgia I think is where he ended up going and he lived to be in his um, late 80s and he was he was an interesting guy the only time that I actually this is very personal the only time that I actually got to know him a little better was he was very much into trains and I used to go to his house and he had this whole room dedicated to toy trains. He'd have all the toy trains laid out and sitting there. And we would, um, we would go, me and my siblings and cousins or whatever, we would go in there and just look at his toy trains. We didn't play with them, but we always look at them. And he had this goal, this goal of um, adding on to his house, which he did end up doing. He added on a, a second floor to his house and he wanted that to sort of be his train room that all the grandkids, I guess, can enjoy. And so, we went in there and he eventually got this thing built and we never actually got to see it. He never actually finished it. He did get a lot of the trains in there, but he never, it never did get finished. I don't know if he didn't have the motivation or what, but back to what I was saying, the one time I actually got to hang out with him was in Macon. or well not Macon, but Perry, Georgia, they have a, I guess you would call it a train expo basically a toy train expo where we would, you could go down there and it was this huge warehouse that was at the Georgia fairgrounds. And we went in there. You go in there and look around. Anyway, my mom asked me if I would take him for a ride, take him for a drive down there because he was kind of past his ability to drive at that point, at least very far. And so I took him down, you know, I was like, all right, I'll do it. I think I was maybe late twenties or something like that, maybe mid twenties. And, maybe a little bit older. So I went down there, picked him up and we drove down there and that drive down was, I didn't know what to expect. (coughs) Excuse me. We were driving and I never really had any long conversations with him, but it was interesting to talk to him because he was telling me as we went down, he eventually opened up a little bit. He didn't open up a lot, but he opened up a little bit and he told me a little bit of his, his times and experiences. And looking back, You know, me being ignorant, 20-something, I didn't think to actually write down everything that he told me and how the trip went. Now I would have, but I could just go by memory now, which I should probably write that down so I don't forget that. But as we went down, he told me stories of growing up in Chicago. I believe it's called the L train, riding on the L, visiting neighborhoods, just little anecdote things that that he experienced growing up things like um he would go to different neighborhoods like they had a german neighborhood an italian neighborhood a jewish neighborhood um of course a a black neighborhood uh, maybe an asian neighborhood i don't recall like maybe a little um little china area i'm not sure and he would just say that little things like his dad, him being German, you know, they had a Polish neighborhood, I think. Him, him being German, they had the Polish, I mean, the German neighborhood. So that's where him and his family lived. He said his dad would go over to the Jewish neighborhood to get a newspaper on Sundays, or if they wanted to get any kind of other, you know, goods or services on Sundays because everything was closed in their neighborhood. So he would do that. Or he would go... Uh, try to date somebody i think he told me a story of trying to date an, an italian girl one time and needless to say her brothers were not having that or a dad <laughs> and he said that he basically had to uh escape if you will and it's like yep, eh, couldn't date her because uh her brothers were after me so he, he ended up not dating the italian girl um I don't think we got too much further than that story. He might have mentioned a little bit about his World War II experience, but I don't think he got much into that, if any at all. Um, we we ended up going to Cracker Barrel, and yeah, I was just remember asking, "Where do you want to go to? Where do you want to go lunch?" And he's like, "Oh, there's a Cracker Barrel there. Let's go there." So we went to Cracker Barrel and. That conversation wasn't much going on either because he just was not a he was not a talker, which is odd because he has a brother. He had a brother uh, named Burner, and Burner was the opposite. Burner was a complete talker who I think actually worked in journalism at one point. And you could sit down with Burner and just have a conversation that just goes on and on, and he would just tell you story after story. And again, I, it's a shame that I wasn't old enough to write down what he may have experienced but burner um just gave us all these stories i remember him telling us stories of the old days in chicago and all kinds of different things and just being amazed i mean this is going back to when i was like a 13 or 15 year old and uncle burner would just tell us these random stories about his life living in chicago and and I wish I could remember if he was a journalist or if he worked for a newspaper or what it was, but I just remember him having all kinds of these random stories about whatnot, and just being fascinated as a thirteen-year-old as to what these were, what these stories were. And uh, Uncle Berner died a couple of years ago. He lived to be; they both lived to be in their late eighties, <clears throat> I believe. Yeah, and unfortunately, I did not get to see Uncle Berner too long ago, I don't recall if he served in the Army as well. Um, but I know that the the war, World War II, affected my grandpa. Um, it definitely affected him. It definitely affected his relationship with the people that he loved and those around him. He was always a quiet to himself kind of guy. And I think the war kind of had that effect because as we were growing up, my mom, she just always kind of said, eh, he doesn't really like to talk about being in the war. So we never really brought it up. It was just sort of something that was out there, if you will. It was sort of the unsaid, not said thing that we would never really talk about. So that was my experience with, with Grandpa. Of course, I've got several other stories, but just to think about him and his voluntarism to go into the war and all those other people that did, including my friend Derek, his dad, and what those people did to sacrifice, and those that are currently serving, it it's just makes me thankful for what they do every day, how they go out there and they try their best to serve. And, you know, it's not a perfect world. Nobody's perfect. Nobody says anybody is perfect. And in this political climate, I guess, that we live in, there's nothing wrong with having gratitude, just being thankful for what they've done, what they've gone out there and done and did or did over the years, from the people that served in the Revolutionary War to those that served anything. War of 1812, Civil War, the French American, I mean French Indian War, the uh, World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. All the um, Middle Eastern fronts. I never served in the military, but looking back, I'm thankful for those that did. And I think that the more we sit back and are thankful for what they did in in their lives, and we just sit back and think, if we didn't have those guys protecting us, what would we do? You know, who would be, somebody has to be your overlord is what I'm saying. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, Whether it be a communist regime, totalitarian regime, monarchy, republic. That's what we live under, right? Or any other type of system. Somebody, nobody that I'm aware of gets to live on their own island and be the king of their own island. I mean, I guess you could own your own island and someone be the king. But every group c- community, I guess... Owns every piece of this earth. Now, is there a perfect one? No. Some people think that capitalism is the best. Some people think that republicanism is the best. Democracy, if you will, there's a difference, I guess. There, Some people think that having a monarch is the best. of having. Some people think that communism is the best. That's fine if they want to. But in America, most of us are born into it, that live here. And so we tend to default to that's the best. I recommend, you know, we all have our biases, and I think that I recommend Republican, Representative Republic. I can't think of a better system. Is it a perfect system? Of course not. If you think that it's a perfect system, I think that you're truly mistaken. Does it have its flaws? Yes, it does. But guess what? So do humans. All of us humans have our flaws, and we all have our problems. We bring those problems to the table. And what I recommend for you to do is go back and read books on the founding of the country, on the founders of the country, the people that set up the Constitution. We're talking about um, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, the list goes on. I'm not going to list them all, but go back and read basic histories on that, where they, why they decided to found this country, what happened to make that happen. Benjamin Franklin is, I think, a great place to start because if you didn't know Benjamin, Ben Franklin was not a fly-by-his-seat, oh, I'm just a young, scrappy kid that wants to be in the world and help make this new country. He actually wanted to stay in the British empire. He was trying his best advocating that the British empire treat America as it would any other part of the British isles, you know, whether it be the Coswalls, America should be treated like they are. America is just a part of the British empire. And Britain didn't really want to do that. The English did not want to do that. We were sort of, just supposed to be subjugated to them. We were just supposed to do our own thing, but for them. In other words, we were underneath the British. We weren't part of the British Empire, but we were there to serve the British Empire, if you will. At least that's the take that I get. And I recently read a bio on uh, Ben Franklin. I'm sorry, I can't remember the... I think Isaacson might be the, the name of the author. And just to go back in time to look at his experiences because Benjamin did do an autobiography and he had a pretty good documentation of his experiences. And so he goes all the way into his seventies and eighties to help found America. Whereas the other guys like Thomas Jefferson, all the other founding guys, they were like under 50, 40 years old, maybe some even in their twenties, I believe they were all newbies to it, but all of them studied. And if I um, am saying this correctly, They all went back and they all studied the history of different empires, different ways of doing government. They sort of sat down and said, hey, we've got a clean slate here. Let's come up with a type of government that we want to create for this new experiment called America. And that's what you get. You get the Declaration of Independence. You get the Constitution. And you get where we are now. So uh, that's kind of a long diatribe i guess on that but you know i guess for me memorial day labor day 4th of july these aren't just drinking days they're not just party drinking days you know like, i think sometimes we as americans can sometimes think hey, memorial day that's the that's yo, oh yeah that's my first weekend to go to the beach with the family and just hang out maybe take some time to actually um think about those who serve figure out what memorial day is about there is a great concert they do on PBS every year on Sunday nights. It's from like eight to nine 30 It's called the Memorial day concert. And it's from broadcasted from DC and they'll have veteran stories. Um, I apologize for not knowing who the hosts are. One of them was the, um, Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump (laughs) and the other guy honestly can't remember his name but they basically come up and they they host it and they have different singers and tributes to veterans and the armed forces. And, you know, the um, it's basically a cool patriotic experience. I've always loved it. So I, I might recommend trying to find some replays of that. This year was a good one. And we watched it, my wife and I, the other night and really enjoyed it. But anyway, um, I think... It's, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining me on talk of the now. Maybe I'll be able to get Jason on one of these live streams and we'll do a live stream one night. It doesn't, uh, doesn't it has a different feel than doing the recorded version, but anyways, that's sort of uh behind the, by the uh, inside baseball, if you will. So thanks for joining me and we will see you next time. And there should be, to give you a little bit of a preview, we're going to have at least one, maybe two more Star Wars. I think another Star Wars episode coming up. So I hope you enjoy that. Thanks everybody. And we will talk to you soon.